Romans chapter 4, verse 20, I read. The Bible says that, and he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm sharing with you a four-part series that I have titled, Unveiling the Mystery of Strong Faith. Unveiling the Mystery of Strong Faith. The Bible tells us that God is love. God is love. 1 John chapter 4 verse 16. God is love. But even though God is love, the only way we receive from God is through faith. The only way we receive from God is through faith. That's why Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, the Bible says that but without faith, it is impossible to please God. But whosoever comes to God must believe that God is and that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So that means the only way we can receive from God is through the mystery of faith. That means if you don't have faith, you can never receive from God. If you don't have faith, you can never please God. If you want to please God, you need faith. If you want to please God, you need faith. And not only do you need faith, you need strong faith. You need strong faith. Please understand that everything you see in the natural after manufacturing is tested for its strength. Everything is tested for its strength and durability. Everything. Name it, a car. After the car is manufactured, they test crash the car to see if it can withstand accidents. The chair you are sitting on, when it was manufactured, they tested it for its strength and its durability. Houses are tested for its ability to stand the test of earthquakes and hurricanes. So everything around us is tested to see if it can stand the test of time. Every competition in the world is judged by its strength. The candidates are judged by their strength. They say because he was strong, he was able to win the fight. So everything is judged by its strength. Everything is judged by its strength. The same applies to our Christian faith. If you are going to last in your walk with God then your strength with God is important. Hallelujah. Nations are judged by their strength. Nations are judged based on how strong they are or how stronger they are or how strongest they are. So everything is judged based on its strength. That means your faith or your walk with God is also going to be judged on strength. 
whether you have strong faith or you have weak faith it's going to be judged and when we are judged we will be rewarded according to our faith and therefore for our faith to grow for us to have strong faith faith has to be fed and nurtured for it to grow your faith has to be fed and nurtured for it to grow if you don't feed it it will not grow are you following me if you don't feed it it will not grow and please understand faith is not stagnant faith is progressive your faith from the beginning of the year must be different from your faith now if your faith was little at the beginning of the year and your faith is the same way it was at the beginning of the year that means you are not growing are you following me so it's so important for us to understand the importance and the value of our faith just as babies when babies are born they don't start chewing bone or eating meat they start with milk first peter chapter 2 verse 2 the bible says desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby first peter chapter 2 verse 2 it says desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby so that means the only thing that will grow you is your desire for the sincere milk of the word of God. If you are going to grow, you must have a desire to grow. If you are going to be a strong Christian, you must have a desire to grow. You must have a desire not for miracles but a desire to know the word for yourself. That's why Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12 to 13 says for when for the time ye ought to be teachers ye have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. Verse 13 it says for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness for he or she is a babe. In other words, he or she is a baby. Verse 14, it says, But strong meat belongeth to them that are full of age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So basically what the Bible is saying is that we have to grow. We cannot just be on milk. We have to move from milk to meat. Are you following me? We have to grow. And for us to grow, it is our personal responsibility. I cannot eat for you. Neither can you eat for me. Are you getting me? You have to grow yourself. Check through the Bible. Jesus never used his faith for anyone. That's why in Mark chapter 6 from verse 1 to 6, the Bible says that he could not do any miracle when he was in his own hometown. Not that he wouldn't. He could not. 
when you read chapter 5 of Mark, Mark, he has just done some very powerful miracles. But in chapter 6, he couldn't do anything. Why? Because the people needed their own faith to receive from God. That's why in the Bible, every time Jesus healed someone, he said, according to your faith, according to your faith, not according to my faith, but according to your faith. So we must move from milk to meat. We must move from milk to what? To meat. It's rather unfortunate that in the body we have a lot of babies trapped in adults' body. It's sad. There are people who have been in church for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. They don't know one verse of scripture. Their whole life is governed by their flesh. I feel good. Na, 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 na. Their whole life is based on feelings. No. That's why Jesus said, by their fruit, you will know them. Yes. By their fruit. So the scripture we read in the book of Romans chapter 4 verse 20. The Bible is talking about the father of faith, Abraham. And the Bible says that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But he was strong in faith. Giving glory to God. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. That means every time God gives you a promise, unbelief will show up. Unbelief will test your faith whether you have strong faith or little faith. So to read that, that scripture in context, go to verse 16 of Romans chapter 4. Your life will never be the same this month. Romans chapter 4 from verse 16, I read. It says, therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now, I want you to notice the word promise. God gave Abraham a promise. And what was the promise? The promise is that he was going to make him the father of many nations. Right? And for that promise to come to pass, Abraham needs to have a son. He needs to have a son. And so Abraham's walk of faith was predicated on just that promise. Father of many nations, but for that to happen, he needs to have a son. So I want you to follow me. So there's a promise. God has given him a promise, but he needs to do something to see the realization of that promise. Many believers have promises hanging over their lives. They have prophecies hanging over their lives. And the prophecies are not being fulfilled. And they think the problem is with God. But forgetting that a promise is not guaranteed. You have a part to play in it. So verse 17 of Romans chapter 4. The Bible says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they were. Now, God gave him a promise, yet God is saying that according to what is written, as it is written, I have already made you a father of many nations. He doesn't have a son, 
But God already calls him a father of what? Many nations. That's how God operates. God calls the end of a thing from the beginning. God always calls the end of the thing from the beginning. So God comes to you and says, you are a mighty man of valor. But you know within yourself that you are very weak. But God is not speaking to your current situation. God is calling your future. That's what the Bible says. God calleth those things which be not as though they were. So when God looks at you, he calls you the blessed one. When God looks at you, he calls you the most handsome one. Women might look at you and say, oh, this one is fearfully made. The Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So there are those who are fearful and there are those who are wonderful. <laughs> there are two categories. You can't be in both. You are either in the fearful category or in the wonderful category. Now, which category are you in now? <laughs> you are not sure which category. Fearful. Some people are in the fearful category. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, irrespective of what people say about you, you look yourself in the word and you call yourself a young the righteousness of God. I am the head and not the tail. Not based on where you are because when you look at yourself on the, on the economic status, you are nowhere. You are at the bottom, 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 down, 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 far below, down, down, there. Where you are, there, there is no ranking. You know, it's like, you know, the bank, the banking system have rankings. You go from green to amber to red. When you are in red, it means there's nothing in the bank. It means you've gone overdrawn. You have eaten into the bank's money. That's what it means. But there are some people who have gone past the red. They are in the Danger, danger zone. Red, 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 red. Are you following? So, because of that zone, there is no name. The bank can't find a name for you. <laughs> One great man of God, uh, Pastor Matthew Ashimolo of KICC, he said when he came to, to the UK, he, he was so overdrawn the bank classified him dangerous man. <laughs> he said, one day he went to the bank to do a transaction and the, the, the cashier said, oh, can we, can we, Mr. Shimolo, can we, can we have a look at your checkbook and your card? They took the checkbook and the card and they seized it. <laughs> They didn't give it back to him because they said he keeps issuing and the way he's going, he'll, he'll bankrupt the bank. <laughs> but today, to God be the glory, he's one of the most blessed men on the earth. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, the Bible says that God says, as it is written, Romans 4, 17, as it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations before him whom believed even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. So if there's anything dead in your life, I call it forth today. Amen. I call it forth today. Amen. Nothing can die in your life. Amen. You are a child of the most high God. I call for life into your life right now in the name of Jesus. It's 18. The Bible says that who against hope? This is talking about Abraham. Whom against hope? Now, why is the Bible saying he was against hope? Because you know their condition. Sarah's home was dead. 
The Bible says that Abraham's body was dead. So he was running against time. God said, I'm going to give you a child. Yet the Bible says that whom against hope believed in hope. Now when the Bible says that whom against hope believed in hope, that means there was no more hope. Yet he had to look for some way of believing in hope. Even hope was against him. Hope is for the future. Hope is free. Everybody can hope and say, one day I'll become this. But in Abraham's situation, (laughs) even hope was against him. It says, whom against hope believed in hope, that it might become the father, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Verse 19, and Be not weak in faith. And be not weak in faith. And be not weak in what? Not being weak in what? What leads to being weak in faith? No word means weak faith. Now, for some of us, there are some promises of God over our lives And the only way we can access them is through strong faith and not weak faith. It says, he not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, nor yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. I love that. That means for you to walk by faith, you cannot consider the things you see. Are you following me? You can't consider your bank account. You can't consider what people are saying about you. What you have to consider is the word of God. It's not being weak in faith. He considered not his own body dead. His body was dead. There was no hope for him. I don't know who has classified you dead. After today, you are coming back alive. I said you are coming back alive. In the name of Jesus. He considered not his own body dead. Nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20. He he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. You see, those who are strong in faith give glory to God even when they don't see anything on the ground. You are believing God for something big. It's not yet there yet, but learn to give him glory. Every day when you wake up, Father, thank you. Thank you. I, I do that all the time. Every day when I wake up, I say, Father, thank you for the millions you are drafting into your house. Thank you. I rejoice because God calleth those things which be not as though they were. It's just a matter of time. My faith will catch up with time. And I'll see the manifestations of the word of God. He was giving glory to God. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But he was strong in faith giving glory to God. You see this is where many Christians backslide. They cannot understand why God has given me a promise and why I cannot see the fulfillment of the promise now. The Bible says that we must look up unto those who have gone ahead of us who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Some of us have no patience. We have faith but the patience is not there. And that's what happened to um, Abraham. Sarah said, come on, Abraham. You know, I'm old. You're also growing old. Why don't we just get Hagar and give birth to Ishmael? No patience. And most of the time, many of us go ahead of God. And when you go ahead of God, you give birth to Ishmael. And Ishmael, you fight your Isaac for the rest of your life. Be careful. Don't go ahead of God. 
Always let God lead you. You might think he's slow. He knows better than you. The Bible says that when God brought the children of Israel out of captivity, he could have taken them through the shorter route. But he took them through the long route. What was the reason? Because he didn't want the enemies to fight against them on their way. He said, God, this is taking too long. He knows better. God knows what he's doing. Just give him glory. Just praise him where you are. Just give him glory. One day, God will show up for you. Verse 21 of Romans chapter 4. The Bible says, And being fully persuaded that what he, God, had promised, he was also able to perform it. Listen, trust the integrity of God's word. God is too faithful to fail. Whatever he tells you he will do, he will do it. (laughs) It might seem long in your eyes, but God's time is the best. God's time is the best. He knows better. He knows where you are. He knows where he's taking you to. Don't try to lead him. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Don't rush. Just just allow him to lead. And guess what? He'll bring you to the best and expected place he has destined for you. So question we want to ask is what is faith? What is faith? Faith, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Faith, the Bible says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now faith is. What is faith? Now faith is. That's faith. What is faith? Now faith is. Faith is not for tomorrow. Faith is not for next week. Faith is for when? Now. 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 Faith is for now. It says now. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. That same scripture. That same chapter and verse in the Amplified. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. It says now faith is the assurance. Faith is the assurance. The title deed. The title deed. The title deed is the documentation of the property. You might not physically be in the house, but you have the title deed. And what's not powerful is the title deed. Not the house. When you hold the the title deed in your hands, it simply means that you have access to the house. Are you following what I'm saying? So, faith is the title deed. It's the confirmation. The moment you have faith, it means you have confirmation of that property. You have confirmation of that business. You have confirmation of that child. You have confirmation of that marriage. You have confirmation of what you are believing God for. And this month, God will give you the confirmation. I said, God will give you the confirmation. So faith is a title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, which are divinely guaranteed. I love that. They are divinely guaranteed. That means God himself guaranteed this for you before you showed up. God guaranteed your health before you showed up. And after today, God is perfecting your healing. I said, God is perfecting your healing in the name of Jesus. Divinely guaranteed. It says, and the evidence of things not seen. In other words, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. 
That's how faith says. It's a fact. You see, having faith in God is a fact. Having faith in God is a what? A fact. It's a fact. It's a fact. Somebody say, but how? Show me. I can't show you because you cannot access faith with your natural senses. You can't access faith with your, with your natural mind, with your carnal mind. It takes spirituality to access faith. Faith is putting God's work to work, believing. Faith is putting God's word to work, believing. Has God promised you something? Put his word to work, believing that he will do what he says he will do. You're believing God for healing? His word said, I am the God that healeth thee. It says, by his stripes, you were healed. You were healed. You were healed before you even got born here. He healed you before you showed up. He healed you before you showed up. All you have to do is take delivery of the healing. Matthew chapter 8 verse 17. The Bible says he himself took. He himself took our sicknesses and our infirmities. He himself took. And what does took means? Took means took. Took means took. Jesus took it. He has took in it. Took means took. Hallelujah. You think I'm speaking wrong grammar, but that's your own cup of tea. But Jesus said he took. What he took, you don't have. Now if I took this iPad, does she have it? Who have it? Yeah, Jesus have it. The Bible says Jesus said he took your infirmities and your sicknesses. So you are no longer a sickling because Jesus himself took it. Hallelujah. He's taking it. You no longer have headache. Don't say, oh, this family, we have diabetes. No. Jesus took it. Hear me? God never puts sickness on his children. Never. God has never and will never put sickness on his children. The only person God was permitted to put sickness on was Jesus. On the cross. So you can go free. As a pastor, you don't know this family. We all have high blood pressure. You know, this family, you know, my mother had diabetes. My father had diabetes. My great-great-grandfather had diabetes. So, pastor, it's in the blood. (laughs) It's in the family blood. No. Jesus took it. I said, Jesus took it. So you can go free. It is an irony for you to pay for something that has already been paid for. It's an abuse of your redemptive package. I can never be sick. Never. Never be sick. I don't care what you say. I can never be sick. Because I know what the covenant says. I, you might say, oh, this pastor is, no, no, I'm not boasting. Uh, my boast is in what Jesus did for me on the cross 2,000 years ago. I can 
never be sick. I can say it with me. Say with me, I can never be sick. Speak to your body. Say, I can never be sick. As a, a sister in this church, when she joined the church, she used to take almost 39 tablets a day. 39 different tablets. I, I think it's 39, isn't it? Yeah. Is it 39? Yeah. 39 different tablets. Usually when I'm sharing testimonies, I don't want you to know who they are, but I, I, I have to be sure, sure. It's 39 different tablets. How can a human being take 39 different tablets? You'll be confused. By the time you start from 1 to 10, you, 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 you don't know which one, you, which one. Did I take this one? Maybe I'm sure probably sometimes she was taking two, two, two or some. Come on. But the moment she had this simple message, he himself took after that, she is no longer on 39 different tablets. She is tablet free. Glory be to God. Glory. Why don't you give Jesus a better praise? Hallelujah. He himself took. You can never be sick. You can never be sick. You cannot die through sickness. You cannot die through sickness. Cancer can never come into your body. You are divinely immune from cancer. You are divinely immune from every sickness and disease. In the name of Jesus. There's a member in this church had HIV AIDS. As I'm talking now, HIV free. Amen. Come on now. The word works. The word works. The, the word. You have to know what is in the word. Come on now. Come on. The word. Jesus paid for you. generational sickness and diseases that has ravaged your family. It goes today. I said it goes today in the name of Jesus. Did you hear the testimony this morning of our dear sister? Last week she had spots all over her. Today she showed us the spot. Last week she showed us the spot. We saw it. After prayer last week, today she showed us no spot. No spot. Come on. Jesus is a healing Jesus. Are you not giving Jesus praise? He is a healing Jesus. That's why I was testifying to you. I had a growth for over two years. For over two years, every morning we wake up and say, thank you, Father. Go on, thank you, Father. Go on. I woke up one day and the growth is no longer there. You see, it might take long, but don't give up. Keep talking it. Keep saying it. Keep declaring it. Keep saying it. Keep declaring it. Keep talking it. One day you will see God do a miracle in your life. Hallelujah. Faith is putting God's word to work, believing that God will do what he says he will do. And you watch. God is going to raise the dead out of this church. Some of you, you will hear somebody is dead. You say, give me the phone. Put the phone on that person's ear. You say, Father, in the name of Jesus, come forth and that dead person will come back alive. I said they will come back alive in the name of Jesus because your faith will be so strong. Nothing can die around you. The Bible says that the body of Abraham was dead. 
Sarah's womb was dead. But when the living went, when the living went, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the Bible says that the word of God is living and sharper than any two-edged sword. When the living word hits the deadness of Sarah's womb, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, the Bible says that Sarah herself received strength to conceive. Come on, say glory. So you can never die through sickness. In this church, we will go at the age of 120. At 120, I'll still be bouncing strong. Preaching strong. Glory be to God. I'll be running all around in that million, million sitter auditorium. Glory be to God. You come to church and and, and, and pastor is 119 and he's still running around and praising God. Glory be to God. You'll be there. I said you'll be there to see it. You'll be there to see it. Your eyes will see it. Hallelujah. Any day you hear a rumor somewhere that I die through sickness, tell them it's a lie. Go to work. When you hear, actually go and cook your favorite meal, sit down and enjoy it. It's a lie. I can never die through sickness. I can never die through an accident. Never. The other day we were in Germany, we were in Belgium. We drove to Belgium. And the sat nerve just misdirected me. And then I ended up in the middle of the road and cars were coming. And it was raining that night on the motorway at a top speed. I don't know how I got there. The next minute, my wife started shouting, Jesus! Then we saw cars, many cars. They came this close to the car. But it swerved off because this family, nobody who is connected to the covenant dies through an accident. Glory be to God. I said glory be to God. Are you not excited that you are connected to this covenant? Hallelujah. So when you go to the hospital and the doctor say you have uh, enclosed whatever uh, syndrome something something Echo, echo, you know, give us, give us the, give us the big one of those big words they use on us to confuse us. Anti, anti-confolitis, confitisi, or whatever. Tell the doctor, not me. Tell the doctor, not me. Not in this body, because God lives in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I said, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The doctor might look at you and say, Are you all right? They say, Yeah. I know where I'm sitting. I'm a man. I can never be pregnant. So when I go to the doctor and the doctor says, You are pregnant, it's a lie. They said, oh, doctor, do you think so? I'm a man. I can never be pregnant. I go and the doctor does blood, blood t- tests. They say, oh, you are four months pregnant. I'm a man. <laughs> it can never happen. So I don't need to now begin to ask, oh, doctor, do you think so? Uh, yeah, maybe. No, no. It can, it can never be. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it cannot be. It, 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 it cannot be so. It cannot be so. 
You know, forget about the rubbish that is happening in the world. I'm a man. I can never be pregnant. <laughs> a man can, is not wired or designed by God to be pregnant. Yes. Are you following what I'm saying? So you tell the doctor, doctor, not in this body. Because I'm a man. <laughs> hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And you begin to see solution right in our eyes. Miracles. Tangible miracles. Healings. Legs will be growing. Hands will be growing. New body parts will be happening. You watch what's going to be happening. You watch what's going to be happening. You watch what God is going to do in his church. And healings are taking place right now. Miracles are happening now. You go back to the doctor and they check and they say, ah, we saw the scan is there. Last week is there, but today is no longer there. Get ready. Are you ready for the supernatural? Are you ready for the supernatural? Our strong faith will deliver. Now, with all due respect to our doctors, our nurses, our pharmacists, I do respect you. Don't say, oh, it looks like pastor is downplaying on our profession. No, I'm not. I am not. But the days are coming where we go back to God for everything. Where we believe God for everything. We have replaced the medicine cupboard with God. A little headache, medicine cupboard. A little headache. GP, appointment. We have replaced the doctors with God. I'm not saying we shouldn't go see doctors. I'm not saying that. Now, if I say that, we'll kick our doctors and our pharmacists and our nurses out of job, which we don't want to do. But we must learn to stand on the word. Faith, please understand, is not based on your feeling. Faith is not based on your feeling. Faith is based on God's word. Quickly, how does faith come? How does faith come? Romans chapter 10, verse 17. The Bible says that faith then, so faith then cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing the word. So that means anytime you don't hear the word, faith doesn't come. That means faith only comes when you hear the word. So when you don't hear the word, faith goes. And nature abhors vacuum. So where there is no faith, guess what occupies the space? Fear. And the spirit of faith and the spirit of fear, they all operate the same way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Fear also comes by hearing and hearing the word of the devil. Very important. Very important. Please understand, to build strong faith, we must remove everything that hinders our faith or stops our faith from growing. And there are five things quickly that hinders our faith. Number one is anger. Anger will hinder your faith from growing. Every time you are angry, the Bible says anger rests, excuse my language, in the bosom of a fool. I don't like using that word, but it's in the Bible, so I have to say it. I don't like using the word F-O-O-L because, you know, <laughs> but the Bible says anger rests in the bosom of a fool. Guess what made Moses to miss the promised land? Anger. Moses didn't enter into the promised land because he was angry. He struck the rock twice. So be careful. Anger will hinder your faith. Number two is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. 
Unforgiveness hinders your faith. You have to learn to forgive. And forgiving means you have to forgive quickly and forgive easily. Number three, doubt hinders your faith. Doubt. Doubt is putting a question mark on God's integrity. Stop doubting God. Believe him. Believe he'll do what he tells you he'll do. Number four is unbelief. Unbelief hinders your faith. These are roadblocks. They hinder. They hinder. Now, when Jesus came, there were two things he marveled at. Two things. He marveled at great faith and he marveled at unbelief. Unbelief ties the hands of God from performing in your life. Stop tying God's hand. What God says he will do, he will do. It doesn't matter how long it takes. <laughs> what God says he will do concerning this church, he will do it. No devil can stop it. Not a billion demons gathered together. They can't stop it. Because what God says concerning his house, he will do it. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's God. God, he said he'll build his house. And the fifth thing that hinders our faith is fear. Fear. Some people are constantly in fear. Constant fear. And the Bible says fear torments. And do you know what torment is equated to? Hell. There is torment in hell. And fear stops God's faith from working in your life. And the only way you can destroy fear is by filling your life with faith. So if you are going to have a strong faith, you have to deal with these five things. Very important. You have to deal with them. You have to deal with anger. You have to deal with unforgiveness. You have to deal with doubt. You have to deal with unbelief. And you have to deal with fear. So long as these five things are in your life, you are not working in faith. And your faith will not work. There are five levels of, of faith, or five dimensions of faith. Quickly, they are number one is no faith. Number one is no faith. Mark chapter 4 verse 40. The Bible says that, And he, this is Jesus, said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? This is the disciples. They were with Jesus and they were fearful. <laughs> and Jesus, the Bible says, is the author and the finisher of our faith. And yet they were fearful. You can be in this church, I'll teach on faith, and faith will not benefit you. Now, listen, faith only works when you put it to work. That's why the Bible says faith without works is dead. So I took six weeks to preach and to teach you on faith without works is what? Dead. So you can come here, the word of faith, and if you do nothing with it, it will not work. The only time faith works is when you put it to work. Luke chapter 5 verse 6. The Bible says, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes. John chapter 2 verse 5. The mother of Jesus said to the servants, whatsoever he tells you to do, do it. And when they did pour the water into the water pot, they ended up with wine. 
faith only works when you do it. So it's a complete waste of time coming to church and hearing the word and say, oh, it's a nice message. It's a very powerful message. It's a message on faith. Oh, yeah, pastor, okay. You know, I really like pastor preaching. Oh, just, oh, pastor. You go home and they ask you, how was the service? Oh, it was powerful. (laughs) What was powerful? The word powerful has been misused and abused by Christians. How was service? Powerful. How was your date? Powerful. You go out with a lady and then they ask you, how was your date? Powerful. How is the food? Powerful. You're you are abusing the language, the word. I don't need you to tell me the word is powerful. God already told me. Go and work on the word. Take the word. Take the word. Work with the word. How do you know faith will work in your life? Practice it on yourself. Practice it on yourself. I told you about that testimony. I was praying for my bum for two years. What was I doing? Practicing the word of faith on myself. Practicing. So today, I have confidence that God can do it. So when somebody shows up here and says, I have growth in this part of my body, I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, this growth is demolished now. And it will go. Why? Because I have seen it work in my life. So how would you know if faith is going to work if you don't practice it on yourself? Be the guinea pig of yourself. Practice the word on yourself. When you wake up, take the word. Whichever area it is, take the word. If it's anger, take the word. Read it to yourself. The Bible says anger rests in the bosom of a fool. Father, I am not a fool. I refuse to be a fool. I refuse to be a fool. From today, I will not be angry anymore. So, so tomorrow, somebody will cross you at the traffic light. You are about to press the B. You remember the scripture? Anger rests in the bosom of a fool. Okay, I'm not, I'm not a fool. So, I'm not going to, oh, Jesus, Jesus, bless you. Bless you. I love you. What's happening? The word is working. You are practicing it on yourself. So tomorrow when somebody comes to you and say, I have anger issues. You say, oh, I can pray for you. I've been there. I'm a testimony. The word works. It's worked on me. So it can work on you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we destroy this spirit of anger in Jesus' name. Go in peace and enjoy your life. And then that person leaves and they begin to walk no more as a fool. That's the only way the word will work in your life. Listen to me, church. Listen to me. Faith only works by speaking. Faith only works by speaking. The Bible says that God calleth those things which be not as though they were. Now when you're operating in faith, it will seem as if you are a liar, but you're not a liar. You're not a liar. That's how God operates. God saw darkness. God said, let there be light. Are you following me? God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, if you see darkness in your life, what do you say? Let there be light. You don't confess the darkness. You don't confess the darkness. When you feel some backache, you don't say, "Mm, I have a backache. No, you don't confess it. You say, my back is healed. I have a perfect back. Keep talking it. Keep declaring the word. Keep confessing the word. By the time you realize, that pain will be gone. Somebody will say, oh, but I can see you, I can see you, you know, walking like this, twitch, you know, bend. 
That's what you can see. But in my body, my body is healed. Jesus took 39 stripes for my back. My back is healed. That's how faith works. You have to keep talking it. Keep declaring it. And this week we are going to practice the word. You go home to that situation. You keep declaring your faith over that situation. This situation shall turn. You might be in a small corner house now. Declare the word. Father, thank you that by the end of this year, I have my four bedroom house. And as you keep declaring it, the angels will go and bring it to pass. So quickly, there are five levels of faith. Number one is no faith. Being in Jesus, being with Jesus is not a guarantee that you have faith. Number two is a measure of faith. That's what we were all given at salvation. Romans chapter 12 verse 3, the Bible says that we were all given, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So the day you got born again, you were given the measure of faith. But the only way that measure of faith will grow is when you feed it. But if you go home and don't feed your faith, that's where you end up with no faith. Number two, number three level is little faith. Little faith, Matthew chapter 14 verse 31. The Bible says that and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and he caught Peter and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? So even Peter with his little faith, he was able to walk on water. So use your little faith. You say, oh, Peter, Peter couldn't walk on the sea. There's no way Peter could have walked on the sea. Okay. Let me give you an assignment. When you go home today, fill your bathtub with water. <laughs> fill your bath with water. And see if you can walk on top of that water. <laughs> Before you criticize Peter. And say, oh, Peter, Peter was with Jesus, yet he didn't have faith. You go fill your bath with water and walk on, walk on that water in your house. And then you come and testify. How many of you are going to do that? <laughs> there, was a, there was a pastor who, who had a feeling he was just there, then he thought, ah, if Peter walked on water, and Jesus said, greater works than this shall we do, then I think I can walk on water. He called everybody. He called the press. He called TV, radio. Everybody gathered. He said, today I'm going to walk on this water. And then the pastor started. By the river, he was going but the more he was going further, he was going down, down, down. He couldn't swim. He doesn't know how to swim. And by the time he started, you know, shouting, oh, help, help. No. <laughs> you don't have little faith. So that should tell you, little faith can do a lot. Jesus said, if you have faith as little as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, be thou cast into the sea and it shall be what? Yeah. So the third level is little faith. The fourth level is strong faith. That's what we are looking at today. Strong faith. That's what Abraham had. Abraham was strong in faith. He had strong faith. He did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Hallelujah. The faith level is great faith. And we are getting there. I say we are getting to great faith. Great faith, Matthew chapter 8 verse 10. And it's interesting, this man who had great faith 
was not even a Christian. He was not a Jew, yet he had great faith. Listen, faith is a law, and faith is no respecter of person. Did you hear that? Faith is a law, and faith is no respecter of person. Anybody who puts the law of faith to work will see results. He can be an unbeliever. He can be a Christian. Once he puts the law to work, he will see results following. That's why there are many unbelievers out there who are mega rich and they understand the biblical principle of tithing. They don't go to church, yet they tithe. <laughs> That's why they're working in the blessing. But you, a believer in the house of God, you say, this is, a, this is a Old Testament. I don't believe in tithing. Why, why shall I take my 10% and give it to God? If you are not faithful in 10%, the 90% won't do anything for you. So the last one is great faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Finally, as we close, to experience supernatural results, we must live by only one thing, and that is faith. We must live by only one thing, and that is faith. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, the Bible says that, but the just shall live by his faith. Romans chapter 1 verse 17 it says the just shall live by faith. Galatians chapter 3 verse 11 it says the just shall live by faith. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38 it says now the just shall live by faith. Four times the same thing was repeated in the Bible and yet Jesus said the things that I have to say to you there is no room to be able to contain it. Yet the same thing was said four times. That means you cannot walk in strong faith if you don't live by faith. You cannot live by my faith. You have to live by your own faith. And I see God helping us to develop strong faith this month. Amen. Your faith will be strong this month. Amen. Your faith will work this month. Amen. From this month, you begin to use your faith to call forth those things which be not as though they were. Amen. God will use your faith to do exploits in the name of Jesus. Amen. I said in the name of Jesus. Amen. Did you receive it this morning? Yes. Let's give Jesus some praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are developing strong faith. Our faith will be strong. We'll have strong faith in the name of Jesus.